0: Alright, it is February 2nd, 2018 Back in the Detroit is Different podcast studios I have um, two very special guests That interact in, I would say, somewhat different worlds But definitely are strong advocates of Detroit culture Specifically black culture Which a lot of people will argue Detroit culture is black culture So uh, if you're one of those people who argue that then I need to be talking to you anyway, all right? So thank you for tuning in to this one. Lauren Hood and M. filler. This is like a double dose of um, the two people with the coolest afros in the city of Detroit. <laughs> That's right, double trouble, y'all. <laughs> it's afro love That's right, that in is. full effect. Lauren Hood, how are you? I'm
1: great, Carrie. Thanks for having me.
0: Right now, she is being very, very professional. <laughs> we, we'll get there. Get, you will get the full reel on many different things of the culture. And also, Amp Fiddler,
2: how are you? What up, Kari? don't oh, know, man, I got this this different thing <laughs> going on in the back of my neck when I came out. Old man talking things. to Mama he ain't no old man. man. <laughs> shit. Oh, it's man. stress kind of Detroit shit. Yeah, Detroit, Detroit stress. Kind of That's legit, too. Most traumatic bit, stress Yeah, I got a little disorder. bit of stress going on. I got too much going on, man. I need to just slow down, man. Everything's getting different, you know. It was yes, the sir. same for a minute while I was here. Now it's changing.
0: And when you talk about so much stuff changing, as, uh, our stories intersect uh in the sense of like a lot of mutual homies. Uh you've been a huge advocate for hip hop, for music, for arts. Um, and then also you you share friends like Lauren Hood that's a DJ, uh, social theorist. Um, social theorist. A social theorist. That's 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 the term that I'm gonna use. I like it. Um, mm-hmm black person that makes white people uncomfortable (laughs) that would be her that's
1: interesting you know eric thomas called me the white whisperer before he was like you can say the things that's the real thing but for some reason people are okay with it i was like i'll take that
0: too yes 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 saying the real sometimes makes uh white people or black people a lot of people uncomfortable yeah as uh, a lot
2: of non but not to do it makes me uncomfortable yeah, yeah. See, that's why it's got to be done.
0: Yep. So um, this is a unique uh, double conversation. So let's just open up how I always open up. Families in the city of Detroit. I generally ask what led you to Detroit. I know you guys have been here for forever. So give me the families. Where are your families from? Who was the first person in your family to come to Detroit and fill it?
2: Well, when it comes to my family, my mama <laughs> from Virginia, she from the South. Mm. And my daddy met her from the South, in the South, while he was from the, she, he was from the island. He come from <laughs> Trinidad. So he come from Trinidad, he met his grandfather, bring him here to work at funeral. Mm. And before he come to funeral, he goes into service mm. to meet my mother in Virginia.
0: Virginia, that sure enough. Uh, one of the one of the Commonwealths uh, to start the. That's right. Great Americas, but uh, That's definitely right. a lot of backwardsness going on when it comes <laughs> to progressiveness for our people. Uh, no,
2: from the beginning, from years ago.
0: Oh uh, yeah, yeah, it, it started out like. <laughs> oh hey, my God. Uh, Unless you are on a stage being sold. Oh, man. I don't know if we want a you lot, in this A lot
2: place. of lynchings going on in Virginia, bro. Oh, oh,
0: oh. I mean. He but just,
2: we was there first before they came anyway, so. Oh, man. What the hell? They just got mad when they got here and found us here. Mm-hmm. But anyway, that's where my family's from. And I, I've been here for a while. I I lived in New York. I lived in uh, California. But I always come back to the D.
0: So, so the question that uh, I was even in a conversation the other day. You are one of the people that I know has traveled the world a couple times over. Yeah, that's Extremely true. Extremely talented in music and just know so many people. You probably can couch surf <laughs> anywhere in the world, <laughs> but you choose yeah. Detroit. So what – I got to go there. Like, like, why – what brings you back to this Detroit city all the time?
2: I mean, what what always has brought me back is just home. You know, people here uh, – are down, down to earth, and um, it's always comfortable to live here, whereas living in California and L.A. is uncomfortable financially. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So um, I like a place where the cost of living is cool and there's a lot of black people because I could be around my people and I ain't got to worry about no shit going down. Mm-hmm. So I love that. It's just the history of Detroit. And, and you know, if you're going to be from Detroit and you're from Detroit, you should stand for something. So I'm going to stand for being from Detroit. And I've always believed in um, just making a difference so that people know people from Detroit have their own thing. You know, we have to represent Detroit in the world to let them know sometimes that we got some different shit. It's in Detroit. <laughs> you better know it's Detroit. You can't do that if you live in California and you're from Detroit and you're starting to adapt to their ways and their conversations and all that bullshit with the way that they do things. That's cool. I love people from California, but it's different.
0: Mm -hmm. All right. So speaking of that, moves right to the next question. Somebody else has traveled the world. Actually, fresh (laughs) off of uh, ending 2017, being like maybe like the only black person in like a, a 200 mile radius. That might be true. (laughs) your family what led them to the city of detroit
1: here's what i know and i can't believe i only asked my mom about Mm -hmm. this like in the past few months i was in a conversation with some people i used to work with and they knew all about their lineage for like generations and generations back and they were talking about how they arrived here and i was like you know what i don't even know So I only asked my mom recently about this, but apparently, so her people are from Chicago via Arkansas, my mom's mom, and then my dad's people are from Indiana. Mm. So they actually stopped in Plymouth before coming to Detroit, Ann Arbor first, and then Plymouth. I recently rode by my dad's old house that he lived in in Plymouth is still there. Um, And they were the first, like, full black family to all graduate from Plymouth High, so it was a thing. But they was all light-skinned, so you couldn't tell. Unless you know we come in those shades, you might not know. But back then, everybody knew. But that Um, hair kind
2: of gave them away. The
1: hair gave him away, but not all the siblings had the hair. My dad oh, okay. had an afro, but his one older brother Howard has some wavy-looking hair. Wow. Um,
2: Howard was trying to get a job. <laughs> oh, he was probably, <laughs> Uncle be, Bud. probably getting a job. <laughs> yes. Pass him.
1: So they stopped in Ann Arbor, <laughs> then came here. My mom told me that her dad actually came here to work in the foundry. So one of those famous stories that you hear about people coming here to work in the for factory. work, work in the factory, like. My,
2: like yeah, mm-hmm. like my grandfather did. Yeah. And my father, too. I That's that Those were that the jobs job. that we could do. That That's job, all they let us do in the factory. That job messed my dad up. I bet. Do you cuss on here? Am I, out of, should I keep it clean.
1: Oh, man. Yes. No, we get real.
0: You can, you okay, can. This right. is I just want to make you sure can, you, you can use whatever language you <laughs> so chooses. <laughs> you like, damn, you sure a lot. Because I, I, mean, was,
2: I was mad about that shit with my dad. Got that, you know? When I found out really about my dad um, living, working at Uniro the fact that all of that that dye that he was using he was mm-hmm. working in the dye department for the tires, all that shit was all in his skin, and mm-hmm. that's really what killed him.
0: Yeah, I mean, when you think That's about... That's where they kept us. Yeah, yeah. It, we definitely did not have uh, the, the choice pickings of... Factory work.
2: Factory work, yeah. And they uh, didn't care, you know. They they didn't supply people. I mean, if you're going to be dealing with dyed, black dye that goes into the tire, then you might as well just have on a full suit with a mask well, today you
1: would. Back then, yeah, o- no, but OSHA, today you
0: would. OSHA was not cracking back in the day.
2: No, and I always wondered why when my dad wore the hat, he took the hat off, you could see the dark over his face. But where, where the hat was, you could see the line. Tripped me out when I was a kid. I didn't understand why is he so dark in the face. But he got that line above that where he wore his hat.
0: sick.
2: Hmm. Damn. Thick.
0: Damn. So, it was serious. So when we talk about this, that that's what brought your families here. What neighborhoods, as I, I know a little bit about more about M's story and a yeah. little bit about your story, Lauren, but I'm still asking for the guests.
1: What <laughs> neighborhoods? Well, this is interesting, too. So I used to spend a lot of time at my mom's mom's house on Claremont. And only recently did I say, hey, how close do you know was the uprising to where Grandma lived?" She was like, oh, it was right there on the corner. I'm like, how have we never had this conversation? <laughs> this was last <laughs> year at the 50th anniversary. Right. I'm like, what was Grandma's? address on Claremont she told it to me I drove by I was like oh yeah it's right here by Claremont and 12th Street
3: mm-hmm. so that's Indeed. where
1: my mom's parents lived and my dad's parents live right around the block on Atkinson I'm mm-hmm. like how have we not talked about this for all the years but I just found I just made this realization last year that that's where they they moved to
2: Is the house right. there
1: my grandmother's house is still there. Mm-hmm. It's like, I can't remember the address right now. I think it's like 1996 or something. Four digits, but like right off of 12th Street. And um, it's the Atkinson yeah. house isn't there anymore, but my grandmother's house on Claremont is.
0: As that's like, uh, sort of like, it's it's the other side of Davidson, but still like an extension of my neighborhood. Uh, I guess label nowadays the Virginia Park neighborhood. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know how they like to change neighborhood names. So uh, to me, it's the shrine of the Black Madonna neighbor, neighborhood. Neighborhood, yeah. but mm-hmm. that's to me. Yeah. Um, that that whole strip. When I hear these stories about what 12th Street used to be, yeah, knowing that it's like down the street from me right now, you yeah. Know all these stories of uh, the retail and the Amazing. jazz clubs and the restaurants and the pizza parlors and ice cream shops. It just was, this was like a completely Jewish community at one point in time. Yeah. And a lot of the uh, I guess now they call them, uh, what what do they call it? Now? Retail corridors. I mean all this jargon, but a lot of what did exist after rebellion completely left, which it was already shifting before that. Sure. Because mm-hmm many more black people were moving into these communities
2: yeah wow
0: yeah so El, <laughs> your fam what neighborhoods
2: uh I still live in the same neighborhood basically that I was raised in right at Six Mile and Dequindre it's not Coney Gardens but you can damn sure walk there you know what I'm saying yeah I, I definitely
0: so, think that Persian neighborhood and the Coney Garden family um, it's thick in there now. Yeah. Okay, and then that brings up the whole like everything that happened with lead poisoning and all of the factories that were over there and, yep. and what was happening when you were a kid, and the factories that were over there that have since like basically like labeled a lot of that land just quote unquote unusable. Right. What What was uh like? Uh, do you remember uh? As things were happening, just being a kid, being around there, like what could happen, you know, that was like one of the bigger, I guess, uh, what would we say, like uh, when all the people come together to give a lawsuit and everything. The class action, class action suits.
2: Yeah, yeah, I, I do. I remember just before they built the prison, where I am now, we got suits. But before that, when I was a kid, I don't remember so much uh, class action suits, but I just remember how beautiful. Kony Gardens, and I don't know what they, I think, my, I'm in Cadillac Heights maybe. Because we, we, we started a group called, a band called Cadillac Heights. Mm-hmm. And I'm right at that area too, De Quinder, in like Nevada, Seven Mile. I, rem, I remember that when you walked through the streets, it looked like you were walking through a corridor because the trees were so beautiful and so big, mm-hmm. so huge that they all connected in the middle of the street. It was amazing. Everybody had their lawns done. Because everybody had jobs. Most people worked at the factory. Um, My my dad would probably kick your ass if you walked on his lawn and he (laughs) saw you as a kid. Um, Everybody had new cars. Uh, A lot of black-owned business everywhere. Uh, Every place. Was
0: this up and down? Six mile?
2: This was was seven mile, six mile. This was Dequinder. Dequinder. This is all this whole area with the Sojourner Truth projects before they had the riots there that people don't know about. Mm -hmm. Um, All that area was uh, amazing. You know, cleaners, uh, grocery stores, um, gas stations, um, little nickel and dime stores, everything Butcher, baker, all of that was prevalent back maker? then. He hmm? <laughs> <I> said, <what? laughs> said butcher, baker, I said yeah. candlestick maker. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> you could, all right. You so, couldn't get no weed house. I didn't have a weed house back there, nobody, and then. And there <laughs> dispensaries <laughs> back in the day. Well, well they, weren't, they weren't explicitly <laughs> known uh, to the public. And you know what, man? Back then, brothers were sharp all the time. You know, I, that's one thing I remember. That mm-hmm. brothers in the '60s, they used to dress. They'd come down the street and you'd be like, "Damn, did he break his leg? Or some shit, what's going on?" I'd ask my brother, "Hey, why he walking like that? Why is that? I see him walking every day now. see why. Why is he walking like that?" My brother's like, "Shit, he cool like that. That's he cool?" I was, it was like, his Damn, history. that's the <laughs> walk of a ghetto fly right there, for real." The
0: the the black man's <laughs> gate is definitely something that I don't oh even know God. how he adopted But the black man's stride is big. Like, sometimes you just look, and it's like, boy, black people are cool. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) man. That
2: that is why I wrote the Waltz of a Ghetto Fly, which Europeans didn't get, because I had always explained that. No, it's not a damn fly on the wall, my man. It's the way we walk. It's the way we swag. It's the way we swing. It's the way we do things.
0: All right, so when you talk about doing things, as a kid, uh, music is the love, and I mean, right now I, when I think about you, I naturally think of your brother with you too. Rest in peace, Thank Bubs.
3: You. Yeah.
0: Um, how how did you get into music? What led you into the whole world of um, mm. becoming a player?
2: You know, my mom was especially
0: in from that neighborhood because basketball was extremely.
2: <laughs> I, I was, man. Let me tell you something. I couldn't leave from the front of the house, so that's all I did was dribble in front of the house all day. <laughs> as a kid. I couldn't go play ball with the other guys <laughs> until my brothers built a court in the back. But back then, unlike now, everybody, all the guys in high school and junior high, in elementary school, in the music, they had music programs. So, everybody, there was a lot of garage bands, a lot of cats jamming their garage in their basement. You walk down the street and you hear somebody practicing.
3: Hmm.
2: All through the neighborhood, mm-hmm. tons of musicians. We all knew each other. Uh, and it was amazing. So, Bub, I wasn't really, like you said, I was in the basketball. I, you know, there's a piano in my house when I was born. Hmm. So, I wasn't really into it, but. Um, you know, my dad took me and Bub's to Federal, the store they had on 8 Mile, which is, I don't know what it is now, but it used to be Federals. And uh, me and my boy Bill used to go in there and steal shit all the time and run out, <laughs> till he got caught. I told him, don't try to get that big ass car, put it on your coat, you got caught. <laughs> his mom had to come get his shit. <laughs> How old were you? twelve thirteen. Dang. So um yeah that's uh, we went me and my my dad and my brother Bubs went to Federals and I was gonna get me a pogo stick. If my dad was gonna buy it. I was you know I had picked it up everything. I took it over there to me like I'm not buying that thing get, put it back. Mm. Go over here to the music department and mm. bought Bub a bass. Hmm. I'm like, damn, ain't that a bitch? You that a <laughs> ready for I, that I pogo stick? I can't even get my pogo stick, uh, <laughs> Father, Father Fidler, thank you Father Fiddler, thank you on behalf of Detroit culture. Right? <laughs> he was smart, he loved music too. Thank and you me, I on watched, behalf of Detroit I, yeah. culture. You'd
0: be like uh, Red Panda or something. I don't know. I ain't no telling <laughs> what.
2: i <laughs> <Damn> Fiddler. <laughs> I watched Bud play bass till I was about 16, 17, and I finally decided to play piano.
0: Hmm. <coughs> All right, so at that point, uh like like what years are we talking? Um
2: and more
0: when so I, when you bought that when he
2: bought that 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 bass for Bubs it must have been about seventy one.
0: So so like instead of like more so years, what style of music were you going into like starting out? Like what were you guys playing?
2: Fusion. We loved fusion and funk, jazz. Uh, hip hop, you know like back then um all the all the jazz was different. It was it was funky jazz, you know what I'm saying? It was like all the Rares and, and, like cool and all the Like the Ronnie Laws. All the Ronnie Laws. Yeah. Right. All of the um
0: That Sun of Ra that like you listen to and be like Yeah. What is this guy
2: doing? Yeah, all the all that kind of stuff. Um so my brother had a, a big huge record collection, so that's all we did was just play music all day. Just hmm. once, uh, once I start playing, we just practice every day, just all day, just jamming.
0: So it's more one of those things like looking up to your brother, kind of seeing how he vibes, and then kind of vibing out with your family.
2: Yeah, because he got good fast. You know, he got he had that whole James Jameson style down, and. Uh, there's a lot of musicians, they used to always come over. His buddy uh, was playing guitar, so he used to jam together and play Hendrix stuff. You know, it was my sister who was really a hippie, so she played all of, <laughs> all of the, the real obscure blues and uh, rock and roll, you know, to, uh, Moody Blues to Buddy Miles to BB King to hmm. uh, Muddy Water, all of that stuff, Jimi Hendrix. She had all the cream, all of that real, funky shit you know and then my other brother was in the jazz so he's in the straight ahead jazz i was hearing that all the time my oldest sister was in the motown my dad of course you listen you hear calypso yeah because of the yeah my mom she liked classical music Hmm. so i heard you
0: had all the bases covered
2: yeah all
0: right so first show i gotta always ask that what what was the first show you played?
2: by myself solo or period period Oh my god. Um, it was me and Bubs. we played uh, our four shows together, you know, it was just some Binky Club dates that we played, you know, <laughs> together with a band. But the first professional show, that's different. Okay. And the very first professional show was with Enchantment.
0: Okay, now when you say professional what what what's the what's the line with professional is you it get you paid, get paid <laughs> or, is it, uh, or is it get paid what
2: you're supposed to get paid I mean me and Bub were getting paid but it was at these little clubs so it wasn't really it was like, we, like explain we, we, like
0: some of the clubs at the time and, and like how was the setup and were you like playing like top 40 stuff or?
2: no my first professional gig was at the Masonic Temple with Enchantment mm. and I was scared to death cause <laughs> I had to play st- <laughs> just old string ensemble they had and this old synthesizer that I had I had a move and they had a string ensemble but the volume button was broke and you know with strings mm. if, you, if you're too loud they cut hard so they cut right back at you like Nigga, turn that shit down. <laughs> and then, you're you at the Masonic Temple and everybody's crowd on stage and all your boys is in the front. Mm. Everybody, your whole, all your whole hookup is right in the front <laughs> of the stage. Yeah, you, you just nervous. I was so nervous, man. I didn't know what to do.
0: Mm. How old were you? Twenty
2: two. Like, it's wow. a big right. mistake. So, after you do that,
0: I know the celebration game after for you and Bubs was like, y'all had to be on.
2: We, we really didn't celebrate that for so real? much. Huh. It was like we worked for that. Kyla, sort of. You know, we were practicing so much. We, we we were both working tours. After that, I got the gig with RJ's latest arrival. He and I did that together.
0: Now, I was just about <laughs> to go into some of those questions <laughs> <laughs> as I was out. I, I just brushed off some RJ's latest arrival <laughs> the other day. Shackles Ooh. on Steel. my
1: feet won't allow me to move.
2: I'm. I'm, <laughs> I'm so.
0: I can't believe I, I did that ask right now. I oh can't believe I didn't ask Butch about that.
2: And you had him here.
0: And I had him here because I know Butch's take would have been like, "Oh well, you know where."
3: I heard. <laughs> right. He's <Which is> hilarious.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: He <laughs> was probably looking at you guys like, "Well, you know this where the style of the music goes." <laughs> right. So Lauren, mm-hmm. While <laughs> Imp With <laughs> Was carving his sword. I wasn't here yet.
2: <laughs> with you, yeah, she really makes me feel old right now, isn't she? He
1: something, yes, about she 19, stop stop something about nineteen. said something about nineteen seventy-one. <laughs> I'm like, this is <laughs> a year before I got here. Okay, well, a year before I burst out on his, the
0: scene.
2: Well, you know, I started. <laughs> I, you know, I, that's when we went to federal. I, I do remember federal. I started playing in 1975.
0: Okay. Okay. So. We're gonna pick up your story (laughs) with because what you do is in a lot of ways. I
1: really don't even know what I do. What do I do, Kari? Know what you do. I'm okay with it though. Why do I have to be identified by a thing?
0: See, see, you you better be doing something.
1: Well, I do a lot of things, but (laughs) but okay, all right. Well, let's
0: rewind. Let's rewind.
1: I didn't say I was useless. I just said I'm not identified by one
0: singular thing. Let's rewind <laughs> back to your first job. Let's say that. What was the first <clears throat> time you did something where somebody said, "I'm gonna pay you for the service"? Um, the salad bar at Ponderosa, salad
1: fifteen. Uh, <laughs> <at Ponderosa. laughs> <at Ponderosa. laughs> Yeah. years old I didn't want to work but what? my mom okay, was wait, like you can't It depended upon
0: <laughs> what location and how many of our people You are know there, what I could feel very, like You can learn a lot about society Working at a Ponderosa especially I feel like it was in Dearborn Okay mm. Yeah Okay. What was that like <laughs>
1: Are we gonna talk about ponderosa? Yes, we are talk. I don't know. It was awful because <laughs> as a kid <laughs> I was never allowed in the kitchen. So when I would go to work and have to do stuff in the kitchen, I didn't know what I was doing. I remember I was really embarrassed. I burnt a whole tray of like fifty rolls once. They were like <laughs> and this the stove started smoking and it was coming out of the kitchen and they were like, Who did that? <laughs> I was like, who did that? That's awful.
0: Because I've had some, uh, I've had some very learning jobs too. So how long did you last there?
1: Not long. It was like summer job, but it was just my mom was like, you need to understand what it's like to go work. You can't just be around the house. Get did, out.
0: Did that teach you an ethic? Was your mom correct? No, it just made me hate working. I was like, that's what work is? I do want to do this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's like, no, th- I don't want to do that. So, so, so then after that, what led you back to the world of work? What do you mean? Like, as a
1: teenager? Are we talking about, no, like, the no, first yeah, job that teenagers. I went after and chose? Because that's different.
0: Okay, let's go there
1: then. Um, so... Mine was music, too. I was obsessed with music and loved music. I'm like, well, if I have to do something for eight hours a day, it might as well be something I want to do. So um, that started. I did an internship at, what came first? At Polygram Records, which had an office in Warren. So all my little friends in undergrad were getting summer internships in automotive and I was like, that sounds awful. I'm gonna huh. go work at this record label right quick. So I got tickets to shows and got to meet artists. Um got to know all the people that, at clubs.
0: Who who was the artist that stood out that you remember meeting? The first
1: <coughs> one I met
0: it just got uh, be who stood out. So were
2: you in promotions then, right?
1: I was. Okay. I used to make flyers and wrap them around casingles, k- if you can remember casingles. K- and then I would have to lug k- a bag of singles. like 500
2: casingles k- to
1: St. Andrews Hall and stand outside and pass them out. Um, that's where I I'm saw you
2: sure before.
0: i be approaching you like guys were hitting on you every, what, 30 and seconds?
1: I don't know, maybe sometimes. It was yeah, more the really. people that worked at the club. I used that to get too. all kind of hookups at St. Andrews. <laughs> but that's um, where
2: I saw you before, too.
1: Really? Outside passing out cassette singles? Or just at St.
2: Andrews, <laughs> period.
0: At the Drews.
1: That is where I learned how to go
0: out, so maybe.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: All right, so that was the job you went for. Like I said, who did you meet that it was like, wow, this is real?
1: I don't even remember. I met a bunch of, like, so I specifically wanted to work alternative music. Mm-hmm. Um, so I met I don't know tons and tons of like, and I worked developing artists, so it was never anybody that was a really big star. It was a specific like niche that we had marketing people working on developing artists. So it was never anybody really big.
2: Detroit artists,
1: mm mm, like See, national okay. artists.
0: Sweet. artists always.
1: It was Polygram out. Records. It was like.
2: Oh yeah, that makes sense. I was signed. Who were we time. working
1: that year? So like Tony, Tony, Tony. Nope. It was, I told like developing artists, like the Cranberries came out (laughs) while I was working there. Um, The lead singer of which just died, that was sad. Um, Like Bush was a big artist that we had Mm, to work on. Soundgarden. Yeah, I was gonna say Soundgarden. Um, Soundgarden, yes, I spelled the name of their album wrong on a flyer, and I was really embarrassed. They had this album called Damn. Bad Motor Finger, and I mm, called mm, it Bad Mother Finger. Mm, mm, <laughs> mm. You put that on the flyer. 500 of them. They 500 of them. On. Who Kinda. printed this? <laughs> it's like, oops. <laughs> That's
2: worse than burning the roses, girl. <laughs> they can throw the roses in the garbage. You can't throw away. <laughs> no, 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 no.
0: <laughs> Alright, so... So at (coughs) that, with those connections, you had an internship that you liked. Mm -hmm. What did that, where was your mind at after that?
1: Well, then, so working at the record label in, what did I say, Warren, I think it was, I was like, I need to go do this in New York so again big summer internship i got one at sony music in new york and i was like yeah this is the life but then i was like new york costs too much like it was an amazing time to like walk down the hall and everybody you see loves music as much as you do and you could talk real nerdy about do you know the bass player on that one album that they recorded in the basement at that one bar back in whatever like Mm -hmm. everybody knows all the the stuff like you do and it's it's really something to be in a space where everybody's passionate about the same thing. It was amazing. And in New York is just even more amazing, even more because every Sweet. yes, everybody's so into all the stuff. It was yeah. fantastic. Like, but, now, wait,
0: wait, wait. Time out, though, because we're, you're talking about 90s New York. That was a different type of It movie.
1: was, yep, it was early 90s So yeah, early New, 90s York New York was still York was cool like, like Times Square, It was still grimy It was not Times Square It was like, still Times grimy now no, it's nah, like, it was it's like, Yeah, it's Mickey like a Mouse, postcard but, no. but
2: the Village was the, the shit back then The Village and, was cool And Soho was cool back then mm-hmm. too I remember that
0: mm-hmm.
2: I remember that, that was sweet And you, I, were,
0: yeah. you all were actually in New York Probably so around were you the same in New York time in the 90s. Same I was time. definitely
2: in New York in the 90s. I was oh, recording uh, Mr. Fiddler in New York in okay. the
1: 90s. And, and I lived there the summer of 94. I,
2: I love, there were two places that I love to live, but I didn't want to stay with California and New York.
0: Yeah. Okay, I couldn't afford the talk. lifestyle I wanted. I still want love California. York. I love and New York. I still but love New York. We got to talk a little bit about as we go New York. Uh, a mutual friend, a mutual, it's, uh, it's like. Ah, love him to death. Kier, when we talk about New still York. Still in
2: New York. Is he, isn't he still in New York? Still in New York. He is grinding, huh?
0: Grinding, grinding, <laughs> grinding. Working with Kier, what was that like? Who's Kier? Worthy? Yes.
2: Kier is a hustler. You know, um, we, we would just see each other when I was in New York because I was out all the time. <laughs> you know, if you're in New York, you might as well go to the hit parties and go to the spots, go to those joints. Uh, I seem to always run into him, and he seemed to always be calling me to come out to places. So it That's was classic, always Kier. like that. Yeah, yeah let And he—he was
0: he Anybody that meets Kier, within five minutes, he'll be inviting you to something that...
2: Yeah, man. That was him. He,
0: this hour, next hour, next hour, next yeah. hour. He makes New York anywhere. Like, I think yeah, he can go he does. to North Dakota. And he'll be like, I think yeah, so. You know, let's just hang out.
2: And it's like, no, <laughs> Kier, <laughs> no. Yeah, what does he
0: networker.
1: do or play?
2: Huh? What does he play? He is hes a—he's a—he's uh, a, he's a hustler, you know.
3: Just <laughs> <laughs> See, you can't put him in a
1: box. He nah, just does stuff. You don't know what it is. What's uh-huh. well, I'm okay uh, it's with a that. Box
2: full hustler. <laughs> what does that mean? He, that means you—you—you you, like you, you make things happen.
1: Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah, All right. You make
2: things happen. Yeah, yeah yes. Yeah. And I you like know what? That. You probably came in the in the '80s. You probably came into the store I used to work because I was a salesman first before a musician. At where? Jail Hudson's, and then well, of I worked course. at Incognito.
0: Oh, I used to go to Incognito I all know the time. You, did.
2: you, probably, <laughs> you probably saw <laughs> me there, yeah, many times.
0: Okay, okay. Now let's talk about the as you just opened up the door for the Amp Fiddler employee history. Amp <laughs> 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 Fiddler, the employee first yeah. job. Yeah,
2: that guy. Jail Hudson's, Oakland Mall. Mm. First job, dude. Mm. Um, um, All those little funky clothing stores in the malls I used to work. Me
1: too. Did you, I worked in the Merry-Go-Round. Did you work in Merry-Go-Round?
2: The Oak Tree, baby. I
1: remember they were around at the same yeah, time. they were around the corner from mm-hmm. each other. The Oak Tree. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, salesman. Always clean. That's, where I got, that's why I love fashioning clothes so much. So I was always, you know, well, never mind, I wanna talk about that. What? Taking oh. you know, I'll get my shit out of the store and <laughs> take it home. <laughs> all right, now
0: now with that, did you do like the did you guys like do the layouts of like the mannequins up front and all of that stuff?
2: I didn't do all that stuff. I was just a salesman. I've always been a salesman. Mm-hmm. Always. Mm. What's up, man? I got something you might like. Yep. Come over here so and check this out. We just like got this in. You need to check this out, man. Tight. You mm. love it. Yeah. That all day. How can I help you? All those uh, departments in uh, jail, Hudson's I work, le- women's shoes, men's shoes, uh, hardware. Did you
1: like sales? I hated it.
2: Um. Yeah, I like sales. Because hmm. I like to meet people. Yeah. And uh, so, so I, <laughs> I always like I always <laughs> was good at talking <laughs> to any kind of people. Of course, there's more white people. When you're a kid, you grew up with yeah. white people all your life. Yeah. You go out work at the mall, you get to interact with all these crazy white people. Well, They're I had like that a, at
1: school. Huh? I had that at school.
2: You just find out it just like uh she'd be like yeah yeah just like us. Uh, stop tripping all <clears throat> right we'll the so, same shit we do
0: so when we talk about stop tripping <clears throat> that brings us to i asked about the first job and you've played with so many people you played with george and them you played with a lot of people but your first deal what was your first record deal
2: my first record deal yep my first record deal was um polygram no, it was my friends around the corner at Parkside Records.
0: Parkside Records. What was Parkside Records?
2: On Parkside, right at uh Like, six like mile. right over there. Parkside? <laughs> yeah, <right>. <laughs> <laughs> Yep. A solo deal. Out of place. A solo deal. Amp Fiddler. Oh no, was it Amp Fiddler? Well, that that record is worth a lot of money now. It's a little I forty-five. I can imagine. You probably. Out of place. Hm. always asked me, Hey man, you know where I can get that record? They, they got it, it's worth money to fight.
1: Who did Parkside Records?
2: Uh, Michael Praver.
3: Hmm.
2: I haven't seen him in years. And then after that, I mean that wasn't just that was a local thing, so it wasn't like a major thing. My first major thing was with um Polygram Records.
0: Well yeah. Uh, how did that how um, did that all happen?
2: <clears throat> well in eighty seven I was playing with George Clinton in Parliament Funkadelic. I met him probably in 83, 84. In 87, I really got the, the gig in 86, 87, I started performing with them. <clears throat> and um, we were off and I was at home, my brother had got shot, and these niggas was coming by trying to kill him, cause he sold him some bold guns, and we was in the house, and he, I was telling George the story, cause we was all sitting in the house, we recorded all the time in my house, had four tracks, eight tracks, Always cutting, all my friends would always come over. Everything would be right in the front window, so we can see these guys coming up, and they, and they see us in the window and they drive off. So George came by tell me, What y'all doing? With all these guns around here. Ah, so he, he took me to California, mm. to make a small story short. Hmm. So I live with George in LA right around 88 87. <clears throat> I lived in LA,
0: okay? Now wait, time out. And I met George a couple times, right? I can assume living in. You can I what? can assume being a uh, couch surfing with George Clinton it has to be uh, an interesting experience <laughs> to say the least.
2: <laughs> Most definitely interesting.
0: Yes, uh, yeah, yeah. Let's use yeah. that adjective: yeah, interesting.
2: I mean, I mean, when I got to LA, we stayed at uh, Park Sunset Hotel on Sunset La Cienega for about a year. Wow, in hotel. Wow. And the party it was, years, it was crazy yeah. It was. It was a lot of fun. Well, say, I you say a party years.
0: Mm-hmm. George's life the party
2: yeah yeah and so like but you've day. reformed yeah. <laughs> yeah, he <has> too. <laughs> and he has too.
1: okay yeah those well, are the party years.
2: but i wasn't really ever a party because i'm not an addictive person my yeah, brother yeah, my brother say. was uh, a big drug dealer so he always had a lot of dope you know like <laughs> i'd be like i'm cool right now shit, you mm-hmm. know so i never was addictive so when we went out there, George um, Clinton
0: was never a lot of dope. I'm cool right now, type of guy. But like a lot of those guys in that but, era, but, you know, that I like, he,
2: he know he know so, how to. Uh, what was that saying? Uh, uh, peck lightly like a woodpecker with a headache. <laughs> <laughs> so he was never going crazy. No, mm. he was just doing his thing, you know, mm. and 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 that was cool. So, oh, so what happened was. Uh, Eventually, I, I took my demo with me because me and Bob was making demos all the time. At first, I was always playing with people. And I was like, shit, I might as well just be the artist myself because these niggas, just, they ain't got no style and they got they don't know where they're mm-hmm. going. And they keep doing this other stuff that I don't mess with. Like, you know, everybody everybody had their own, own idea how to get their thing, their band or their career together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mine was mm-hmm. save my money, buy the equipment, make the demos at home, take the cassettes, <laughs> to somebody big and get signed. Mm-hmm. So, back then, I had the Mr. Fiddler, I had all these pictures of us in 40s style, it was real funky, like it was funk meets the 40s, you know, Cab Calloway, mm-hmm. uh, Louis Armstrong kind of, uh, that whole 30s and 40s era of style of dress and music. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, Cab Calloway, that whole thing, mixed with funk. So, when I told that story to Ed Xstein, his, I told him I said I've been a big fan of your dad Billy Eckstein, for years because wow. as a vocalist, you know, mm-hmm. I understand that era and that music, so I'm kind of mixing his music with, with today's today. music. So he said, "Well, how much you need?" I said, "Shit, 20,000. thousand." He was like, "I right, I'll give you 10. Mm-hmm. So I took ten.
0: Like, damn, shoulda asked for 30. Shoulda asked for 30.
2: should ask for 30. But at that time, that was yeah, about normal. I but I shoulda asked for 30. Yeah, I might have got 50 I,
3: mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I thought about that. <laughs> you right, like, Shit. So he said,
2: so um, you want us to, you know, help you book the studio? I was like, nope. I'm not booking any studios. I'm taking this money by equipment. Mm-hmm. Came home, bought all new equipment and made the demo at home. And that's when I met Dilla and all those kids, because I had all that new equipment, new brand new MPC-60 and all that shit. And uh, then uh, he said, I don't like the songs. I mean, I like them, but it's not commercially now. So you need, because he had signed, he also had Tony, 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 mm-hmm. Polygram. Mm-hmm. So he said, I need you to make me a hay Lil Walter. I was like, I can't do that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: My, wait, dumb wait, time about, time hey time my dumb ass said I can't do that I should have did
2: that shit time Then about, all happy, I had to do was take wait, of some,
0: wait I'm happy that it's not A, 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 I was a young. video with uh, M Fiddler and Sinbad running around <laughs> <laughs> That <makes sense> Right for- <laughs> Because <laughs> we delayed the interview hey man, with that question.
2: I, I loved them. They were my boys, uh, but I didn't want to be. I didn't want him to sign me and have two bands that are on the same shit. Mm-hmm. I was like, that don't make no sense. You already got one of those. <laughs> Just <laughs> let me do my shit, and let me make it more commercial for you. And he's like, Uh, never mind. Okay. well, thanks for the money. Mm-hmm. Wow. So I took yeah. it. I took it over the lecture, and they signed me. Wow. Like that.
0: Okay. So. Electra signed you What was that whole process like Did you get an attorney Uh, Who was your agent Who was your manager Like You know As a lot of people talk about You know Wanting to do different things In music And you've touched so much I always see it from An independent Lens myself Because when I had Like an opportunity For something like that I was like Damn I don't even have a team To do (laughs) it Right You know what I'm saying But um, what was that like? Like did that was, what what was already in order that you had and how did you go about trusting the manager, the agent, the lawyers, the the publicists, the that, like all these new people that join the process of getting the music out here cuz I tell a lot of young artists I'm like, you know, the music sometimes is interchangeable. You know, cuz the machine exists kind of without you.
2: It's about the machine because, I mean, I I had part of the machine, but it wasn't enough, and the record company didn't like the kid that signed me because his dad was the president, Mm -hmm. and he was a brat in their Mm -hmm. eyes. And uh, they were like, no, we we ain't working for you. Fuck him, we don't like him. He doesn't talk to us (laughs) with respect. He wasn't diplomatic at all. He was gay, you know? He didn't know how to talk to people. He -hmm. didn't know how to enroll people in his vision. And they was like, "Fuck that! We are not prom- promoting that shit." So it went like this, and our mind was like this. Then it went like this. So, oh, so, yeah, the a little personal, shelf right there. We are gonna put you right there.
0: So the personal matters, and then this is where I respect you most. You don't let the industry stop you from the best revenue stream, and that's the stage. Because even with me, I've I've I reached out. I'm like, "Yo, can I get you on this? Can I get you on this? <laughs> Yo, this? The rate. This is what I do. That's I got you. Good. I got mad love for you, but this is what, and it's like, am, I respect it." Thank you so much. So how did you pound the pavement of working that road as God knows what was happening with the record industry?
2: I I just had to get my head together, you know, because I learned that it takes a failure sometimes to win and everything happens in divine order. So when they they let me go and that record didn't happen, I was kind of bummed about it, but I went back on the road with George and I thought, damn, if he let me open up the show, I could probably... Win a little bit, but he said no. All the member, all the <laughs> all the players in the band was on the record, but that nigga said nah <laughs> I was like, okay, I get it. That's cool too. It's his choice to say no. I'm good with that.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So later, I said, well, how about I sell the merchandise? I start selling the merchandise. So I was learning the business as I was going. Mm-hmm. I was learning that you have to be persistent. Sometimes you're gonna fail, but if you uh, in the right mindset, you can still win. And eventually after I, I left the band because I wanted to be more independent, I met these people in London and I signed a new deal for a single and we just start working and that's where Waltz of a Ghetto Fly came from. Hmm. So, and, and it's interesting because a Waltz of a Ghetto Fly and the songs on the record still have elements of Mr. Fiddler.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So I'm still doing what I love to do. It just took too damn long.
0: <laughs> okay, so what you love to do, and this is the, and, and then I have more questions for you, Lauren, And, and like I hope so. <laughs> no, I'm gonna even go yeah. to the bathroom and let you talk in a minute.
2: Just go, go have some water. No. Or something, you know. What I'm so, about.
0: so, but with this, so much of your career, walking line step with you, you've had some of the biggest personal tragedies that a person can look at, but your brother. Your brother was like there with you the whole. Bubs was with you the whole time. So, what is it like today to do music without like the. You know what I'm saying? Like your. He was like the lieutenant. The the the. You know, just like a soundboard. I'm guessing I can only imagine the the the, the, the intimacy and the closeness of the relationship and the trust in the music and the process that you had with him yeah. and continuing this whole thing without him here in like the physical person.
2: Yeah, that shit is killing me. I'm a couch monkey, basically, because a lot of times I don't want to do shit. It's just, it's just so weird not hearing either my son playing drums in the house mm-hmm. or him playing bass. Yeah. So a lot of times I'm just totally depressed and not doing shit hmm. I don't feel like doing anything. And then other times I get the energy to just go out there and work. I mean, I've done two records since she passed, so um, I, I just have to snap out of it, snap out of it, motherfucker, get back to work. And I have to go back down to the basement and get back to work. So like today, I just had to get down and get to work, you know. Shit got to be done regardless. It hurts, and you know, I miss him, but he still, I still feel his presence, so I just have to keep moving. It's, it's hard, but I have to just keep moving. So,
0: as Bubs's spirit was so, Bubs hell of a player, um, real, like, like, when I think about players, like, I, you know, cause it's, I knew of you and then of him, but like, just so humble, just like, yeah, you know, like, it was weird. It was like, damn, dude, you you know, like, him and Jallo kind of reminded me of the same, like, spirit of, like, just being so cool, but yep. so much experience and, yep. and touring the world, um, And then just being in the pocket, easy to work with, like sometimes the best people to play with, when I think of building a band for any show I get, it's like, I'll pick people that I like getting along
2: with. (laughs) Yeah, me too.
0: But he was somebody you get along with, but he could play, he killed.
2: He killed it every time. I love that, I mean, I'm really thankful that we did so much together while he was here, especially while he was sick as well, he was doing a lot of shows <clears throat> here in the city at Baker's and other places. So I was kind of coming out to his gigs as much as I could, kind of sitting there and jamming with him. So I'm glad I did that. You know, I would I would just show up my little guitar, get it in with him a lot, you know? So that part was, that part made me feel really good too, that at least, you know, we had time together, just really playing like we used to again because I was touring for a long time without him, you know. He couldn't really come on the tours as a bass player because he didn't have his passport because of child support. And um, it was cool when I was home for a long time for us to just hook up and, you know, he had more gigs than me locally, so I just come out and just hit, you know. That was dope. All right, so
0: now when we think about that and like this is the, the flip of the transition, over to Miss Hood, who's had the luxury. Let's hear your of segue. Kicking back. <laughs> <laughs> What's your segue? My segue, <laughs> my, me working my whole uh, Ted Koppel segue. <coughs> so, my segue is his journey traveling the world, touching different things, learning more about processing systems, and then staying down that path. Music was where you started. Now you've interacted with so many different people advocating primarily for black people and people with less opportunities to get more opportunities. Um, How did you get into this style of work from (laughs) the love of just music to being a voice for people that are not in the room?
1: (sighs) Let's think about that um so record labels was where I was at mid 90s to maybe 2000 the actually the record label that I worked at Polygram had a merger with Universal and I knew there was a chance I was gonna come out of that room without a job so I told myself I'd always wanted to go to Chicago and I told myself, okay, if I come out of this room, we all had these meetings scheduled, staggered meetings. Like everybody has this one-on-one with the supervisors. And some people came out with jobs and some people came out with a severance check. So I was like, all right, if I come out with one of those checks, I'm moving to Chicago. Um, so I came out with one of those checks and I moved to Chicago. <laughs> but um, there weren't, around that time, like label, satellite offices of record labels had started to close. So there were a lot of us who had just been doing that for at least a decade, but like couldn't find um, work anywhere else. Unless you went to a New York or LA, there were no more record mm-hmm. label jobs and I didn't want to do that. So um, I had to transition and I was like, what do I do now? How do I stay close to music and entertainment, but not really do it? So um, I actually ran into this girl that I went to college with at a club in Chicago. And she was like, well, I do event marketing. We get to book talent, but we work for these marketing people. I was like, that sounds fun. So I still got to to book talent. I actually book concert tours, but in the name of Big Tobacco, I think I'll have a, mm. a debt to pay for that. But that was the client <laughs> and they were like, okay, we want to do these concerts and give away the cigarettes. Cool cigarettes um, brings you. It, that's, what it right. that's, that's what it was That's what it was And did um, you do liquor also I did do liquor right. yeah. I did I did right. I was working with the Vices that's um, I didn't know any better I was not very self aware at that oh point yeah. um, But it was fun That was some of the most fun that I have ever had um, being in Chicago and having those connections to like nightclubs and music venues, and we rode around in limos all the time. And like, because we um, did all these promotions in venues, like, anytime we go somewhere, they'd be like, oh, those are the people. So we always got really good treatment, <laughs> free drinks. It was a fun time. But um, I don't know, at some point, I was like, this feels kind of empty. We had this one event. I actually got to go to the Hamptons, which was fun. Like, how many people go to the Hamptons for work? I did at that time. And we produced this event, a cigarette event. Um, Not cool. It was Salem. So it was Cool's competition, but same Mm. thing. So we threw this Salem event, and, like, Mm. it was back when J-Lo was dating P. Diddy, and they came to the event. And like we had this wrap up conversation back in Chicago and everybody was slapping high fives. Like that was the big accomplishment. We got these two celebrities to come to the event. And I was like, that's like the pinnacle here. Like that's, that's <laughs> the best that we can hope for. I was like, okay, I can't be in this work anymore. Cause I need Higher than more that. than that. I was like, that's not the thing. Um, So I started reading about what was going on in Detroit. So I lived in Chicago like 2000, 2004, came back... Um, and I hustled around a little bit doing this and that nothing notable went back to Chicago in 07 and that's when I was like done with doing event marketing it was booze marketing and I was like I know I can make money at that it's easy for me to do I have friends within that industry but I'm like I'm not getting what I need internally from this kind of work so I started reading about um, what was happening in Detroit and all the talk about what was happening was not coming from the mouths of people that were native to the city, and all the, all the hype was mm. not about people that were from the city. I'm like, that doesn't seem right. Um, so I came back home, And uh, I found the community development program at Detroit Mercy. I was like, okay, I don't know anything about this industry, but I want in. I was like, I have to re-educate myself. So I had gone to Detroit Mercy for undergrad. I had terrible grades, was not a good student, never really liked school. And I was like, they're going to let me in, though, because I went there for undergrad. So they're going to let me into this grad program. Um, And they did. And I did really well because I gave a shit about it. Um, Ain't, that something? <laughs> Ain't that something It, it is, is right, right? When yeah. you care about a thing you can do really well At it so um, That program really introduced me to a lot of Practitioners in this field A lot of people doing the work A lot of people in the struggle um, It opened My eyes to some things That I hadn't paid attention To before um, We had a social justice class and that was Really deep Um it gave some terminology to things that I knew that were wrong, that were happening, that I like couldn't put a name to. I was like, I feel mm. a certain kind of way about these things, but i can't put I can't really talk it. about it. Yeah, so I got a a vernacular for talking about um, inequities and an inroad to figure out how to work on them. Mm. So that program really opened my eyes to a lot of things. Um, it's interesting now that there's some distance between. Having done that program, I'm like, oh, shit, that program got problems, too. <laughs> like, when you're uh-huh. in it, you don't really recognize it. But now that I've been away from it for a while, that lens that they sharpened for me, I'm turning it back on them like, oh, you all are real fucked up. Um, but that's that's really what started it. And um, a lot of it is self-serving. Like, I'd like to feel like... Um, I'm doing it from a place of I really wanna help people. No, I just wanna have a better experience in this world as well, which comes through like helping people that look like me. So it's not all like altruistic. Some of it is like, you know what, I'm tired of this shit like happening to me. But yeah, Mm -hmm. I don't want it to happen to anybody else either. But it's really frustrating. Frustrating in particular on the northwest side because I know what the northwest side can be like I grew up there I know what it can be like like everybody wasn't all the houses were not vacant Everybody was not jacking everybody all the
2: time like there's It wasn't it was beautiful
1: yeah, I had a. When I, I was had a kid. A, we yeah. threw our
2: bikes through your neighborhood. It was amazing.
1: I used to. If somebody, you couldn't pay me to ride my bike through my old neighborhood right now. But as a twelve-year-old, I was like, "This is great!" Right. Like, because you know everybody, and people are looking out for you. But to go it's do that, like that, no, people are like, "The yeah. city's coming back." I'm like, "Not where I'm from." Um, um So, <laughs> so when
0: we talk about that and that narrative. <coughs> and even the discussion I was having the other day because sometimes I see it through rose glasses but I do realize I have the propensity of um, the propensity of insane in a lot of the things that I do like um, I was having a talk with, uh, with somebody uh, with, with Kim Tandy the other day about me redoing my roof next door and it's like you, my roof is a praise for more than my home so mm. to do something like that, I think I have that luxury because I'm single and everything like that. But like, if I were married, to try to explain that to some a wife would, I, I you know what I'm saying? Because I don't know even how I'm explaining well, she it have to You must got me. a
2: major company to come in and give you an estimate. That wasn't a, a a street estimate.
0: Well, you
1: want somebody that's gonna do it right. You get a street I mean, estimate, you have good. to redo it that's next year.
0: But a roof. At that a house, roof next is a door. roof. And a roof gone, and then I was looking at the work being done. Oh, yeah. And I'm saying, but more than the house, uh, more than the appraised value of the house, is due to like when the houses are sold, due yeah. to a lot of the land being selling. With homes.
2: Sure. I deal with the same thing, but the the roof does raise the. Your you know,
0: the, it, it will, it will, you know. but in the grand scheme of knowing that most appraisers aren't from Detroit, most appraisers are eyeballing it based on yes. the property that was sold
2: before. That's
0: right. Probably haven't even walked
2: through no. Detroit. And it's really not fair assessment. It's no,
0: not, not it's at all. all. Not at all. Like your, yeah, your crib is amazing, but the, the 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 I need a roof, like you. The layout of it for for what you would get for it. Is gonna be based on the 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 house that the county sold across the street, most definitely,
2: and all the houses surrounding it. Yeah, and a whole block basically, and that's that's just not fair either.
1: Well, on the front end though, doesn't a low appraisal help because you can keep your property taxes low? It does for sure.
0: I think it's but like at the so same time, if you ever want to sell,
2: yeah, and you spend a lot of money, you mm-hmm. know, you end up losing.
0: Yeah. I mean, I mean My the, the parents
1: sold their itself. house in 2013 for like $5,000 more than they paid for it in 1969.
0: And that right there is a class And they put example. tens
1: of thousands of dollars in it. They bought Five it I recently looked more. at the records cuz their names are still on the owners records even though they sold it in 13. They bought it in 69 for 18,500 and then in Damn. 13 they sold it for 25,000.
2: And that's ridiculous for that neighborhood. Because yeah, 20 years ago They would've got 80 for that house I know Yeah Had well, they known Then yeah. They could've really got out swell
1: They don't wanna leave. They're like we own this house Why Why do we want to pay rent somewhere which, else Why do we want a new mortgage They're like we own this Why would we leave
0: so, so like being that As a person with family members there Which led to like As you talked about Like uh, the break in that happened at your parents house That they never expected <sighs> Yep Same you shit know, Never a home invasion. They.
1: they stayed through cars being stolen. They stayed through the cinder block through the living room window, which might have been directed at me. I'm still trying to figure that out. Um they Don't stayed through like the g- <laughs> but it was when I was in high school. It could have been a say, it could've been? been a thing. Who who
0: were you dating?
1: This dude around the corner <laughs> who had another girlfriend I didn't know about. The dude but, around um, the corner. Yeah, and <laughs> he he, g- he is a known <laughs> entity, so I'm not gonna say his name. But um dude around the corner. <laughs> but yeah, they stayed through like the Cars being broken into, um, just stuff being stolen in the garage. Um Yeah, and then it just got closer and closer. Like the, the dude around the block got shot and then somebody got broken into. It just kept getting you know, it was always like, Oh, that's that's the next street over. That's that's not, over no, that's over no there. Worry, ain't
2: coming over here. Yeah, and
1: then it just got Damn, closer and, and closer. God, nice. Oh yeah, that happened. I used to, I was riding around with bullet holes in my um sure. My old Chevrolet and people be like, oh, you got those stickers, the bullet hole stickers. I'm like, no, these are legit bullet holes. The shells are still in the door. Cause bullet hole stickers. Yeah. You remember? you remember those? Like, that was the thing. People those get those. And I was like, bullet no, these are legit sticker. bullet holes from when the car was uh, in uh, front of the minute. house.
2: Let me show you something here. You see that right there? That's yeah. The, that's that's yeah. The bullet I was that is. Yeah. Put your finger right through that <laughs> shit. So, when you see the future. Of what? I mean... <laughs> what's the for all this shit? Are you
1: playing car right now? No, there is the no, yeah. yeah. No, well, that's what
2: I'm, <laughs> I, 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 I'm just curious, shit. What, where are we going?
1: We it needs to be approached from multiple angles. Um, but I think something that I found was missing in this last couple years of intensive work on the northwest side people are like, oh, it's a lack of capital investment, we just need to throw money at the neighborhood and things will get better. I'm like, yeah, that's that's not exactly the problem as I see it, because now there is money there, and people are still struggling and suffering. I think
2: um, don't just look at your we.
1: I know, but people are. I feel like there's a lack of self worth amongst people that mm-hmm. prevents us from, and rightfully so. I struggle with it myself. Um, it prevents us from fully showing up in this process for, yeah.
0: for wait, wait, demanding wait, me, what we deserve. Now, now, let me say this, too, and what? I want you to expound on this point. Because yeah. some of it, I think, is definitely some personal accountability of of taking the opportunities. But yeah. also, I believe a lot mm-hmm. of these See, opportunities I, I, I that are being explored with that. and presented... Um, I don't know how. Incl- I don't think that well, they're look very inclusive. Look at, all. at
1: who's presenting the opportunities. Uh, look at where the you. ideas are coming from. People, all these entities are talking about how they want equity. It well, inclusion. put someone from this place in charge of doling out the resources. And that's what don't dis- don't you that, sit in isolation in say. the ivory tower and design a program to that's serve us? Say. Equity looks like. You have given us the resources, and we are designing how we spend the them. In which yeah, it still whatever. is so. They're like, here's here's a little bit for you, Negroes, to play with. Now we've designed this program specifically for Black. I just I am over all of it. So yeah, it's, <laughs> I'm it's, over it, all it, of it. it. It's the wrong. so it's got us jumping through these hoops. Like fit fit your vision for change into our grant proposal guidelines and then we can give you some money Which but just for this project yeah, I'm, we're not supporting My you project. over a sustained period of time no. but we'll pay for your little project and you put a logo on it yeah, so we it, look good it's
2: just cover that one block that's it it's
1: just the yeah. but in answer to your question what is the future how do we change this i feel like we need to work on um we need to work on us we're str- we're struggling and we're suffering through so much unprocessed trauma Sure. Um and people are have uh adopted various coping mechanisms some of which are not good for your <laughs> physical, spiritual, emotional well-being. Mm-hmm. But yep. there's just um there's yep. a lot that we haven't addressed internally that presen- prevents us from fully showing up. So I can't tell you how many times people when I first started over there were like, "Well, don't bring anything too nice cuz then you know we can't we won't be able to go in it. I'm like, well, who told you you couldn't have nice shit? Why would you think that something right down the street from you would exclude you? And what does it take to get people to a place where like the one-on-one conversations we had were like, I don't, I'm not happy about what's going on. Okay. But we're going to put you in front of the planning director. um, And you can, you know, let him know. We'll put you in front of institutional leadership at these universities and you can tell them how they can serve you better. And then they get in the room with people and they're like, oh, we show is... Look, we so is pleased about all that you's doing for which, which us. I'm like, kinda, that is not what you told me
0: yesterday. Okay, wait, wait, which kind of definitely goes to an imp question. Interacting with white folk as <laughs> a black person that's conscious in thought and thinking in systems and still being able to Look at it where it's evenly yoked and not necessarily looking at it like every white person you interact with is a savior or possibly could be detrimental to what you do if you don't just capitulate to everything they say.
2: How do you do that? I I bypass the bullshit and go straight to the source and ask for the unreasonable every time. Mm -hmm. I want the best shit I can get. I ask for it.
1: What did it take to get you to that place though, where you can be that? Did you all At the well, communication?
2: What if I can communicate with somebody to get me with that person in that group, like you said? No, I but I ask. mean, what but is the mentally?
1: Yeah, how did you get there? Cause the first time you went, and asked homeboy for. What you asking for? Twenty thousand dollars? He gave you ten. Yeah. When did the switch in your head? Were you like, nah? I'm asking for fifty. Give it to me or get that Well,
2: I, I knew I knew ten was what I really wanted. I, I didn't. I really didn't want to. I, I also knew that I didn't want to take more than I, that, that I, that I need to choose because I have to pay this shit back. Mm. So if I took a hundred thousand, if they gave me fifty, then they're gonna come back and tax your ass with interest, and you gotta pay it back. So that was just being smart. So so I was just being smart about this is uh, we have to be practical at the same time. So but I also believe in going in and when it when when there's a job or a way that they can really uh, contribute to us in a way that will change our whole lifestyle and environment or our individual lifestyle and environment ask for the unreasonable because. I think that um, that's the way that we get started. But I think even with this city, it's like what I was thinking about earlier with this city, how when I was a kid, it wasn't that amazing, but at least we had more control of our destiny at that time. We, we were owners and I, I went to the store today and I realized how nice the store was next two, two blocks away from me that uh, the era young kid owns, he got a fly new car, sitting outside, he got a new charger, the store got big windows. But he windows doesn't live in the neighborhood, oh, Hell no. But the store is fucking sweet, and they got this store, they own a store. In my mind, I'm thinking, I still want a black market where we have everything. All that shit that they have and some, big huge ass stores where you can buy anything, Co-op where we can have our own shit. We just we just need to change out. Well, they're our working
1: on one. Baba Malik is about to do one on the north end. There's a co-op coming. We need,
2: but that it's just shit. one. Well, well, but we I need feel that. like we even need liquor stores. Why the hell are we giving our money to these motherfuckers every day? They black people are going there every day. They are all around us, and we. Oh we we the have wealth is a from the Come neighborhood. Come on in to the church. You're coming to the church. Hell no, I'm coming to your church. It's, I mean, I, I, I love God, but I'm not coming into your church. Because there's too many of them. There's one on every fucking block. Mm. It's one on every block. It's a damn church. That's what we got. That's what we got. And yeah, the, and the that people we, that need a church are not even in there.
1: But we stopped. I don't know. I think we lost our sense of self-worth. So it stopped us for demanding what we... That's what, what we I'm need, that's all I'm saying.
2: Yeah. And but we need leaders that are strong. You know, I think you know. In the past, we had dumbass leaders. I think you know, it makes
1: people lazy though. If we're waiting for somebody to lead us,
2: no, we're not waiting. I'm just saying this is what we need. Hmm. It's not to wait on somebody. It's just that that's what's needed. I mean, you got to acknowledge what's missing.
1: I think individuals need to be activated. I agree and i'm just thinking because my personal journey as somebody who was just having fun into a person who was like there's this quote and i don't remember where it came from but it's like i always thought somebody should do something about that and then i realized that i'm somebody um so whatever that light bulb moment is for people they need to have it
2: that's why i like co-ops because it involves yeah, th- th- you know the people. Uh, but there's and so many
1: th- layers. We don't even trust each other right now. No, we don't
2: trust each other. That's the bullshit. So you've been in your neighborhood
1: of. since the beginning of time. Do you trust like twenty people in that neighborhood to like start a business with?
2: I trust ten in my
1: business.
2: I can tell you right now who they are because I've been there for years. I can pick th- ten off we'll the top. see,
1: but in a lot of neighborhoods, though. People haven't been around that long. A lot of old school people left the neighborhood, so it's all new.
2: Well, I'm so talking you, about I'm talking about all the kids that I know that I grew up watching grow up that are now adults that I I know and they still live that there? they have integrity and they're yeah. still there. And I like, okay, come on man, I got a, I got an idea for you. I got at least ten of those. That's they're good. hungry. They're doing good. They're hustling. They Maybe got jobs. are doing that Maybe that's what
1: you need to do then.
0: <laughs> I'm
2: working on that. I want that kind of community.
0: Yeah, I can I mean, be there. Uh, I mean. But every,
1: every community it doesn't have that. Because I'm thinking about my old neighborhood. My parents were the like the last of the Mohicans. But they I, were but the last people that had been there since the 60s to leave. Yeah. And now it's, I don't know who lives there now. But I
2: have to have something to enroll them. I have to have something. I have to have. For them that, to plug that, into. That I, I need that big ass building. To just knock some shit down and build a whole new building with an idea, and so this is this is what we're doing. You down and you know, but but
0: I mean, it, I mean, even as it interlaps of like you know, you talk about working with people and everything. Oh, I met your your niece, and I think Shantae is one of the smartest people I've ever met in my I life. I thought about her doing business with now, me today. Now, now, but what also happens is like kind of what you were saying. Like every time I've interacted with her, it's like. Do you had the confidence to follow through, and are you ready to do this? Because so much of it is like, what's going to be active for it? Because there's so many opportunities. Even what I That's have right here in the incubator space. That's the thing. Is now the I always now ask. how yeah. do how do I activate the person where it fits where they're you know their place in their space where they're passionate about said.
1: Two things need thing to you happen. Right. You need to first be aware. Well, not first. First, you need to believe you deserve it. And I secondly, agree. you need to be aware that the opportunity exists. exists yeah. So we have worked. When I say we, I mean this ecosystem of entities that are doing neighborhood work. Have done all this like outreach work to make sure that people know about the opportunities. But if you don't think you deserve it. Then you're not gonna rise to meet but the challenge. Also,
0: also, and speaking somewhat from a marketing mind, I think the premise of which how the message is delivered is never really well. Delivered. It's because of who
1: wrote the damn message. I agree. I
0: agree. <laughs> I, I'm just saying I agree. Because sometimes you you can't present. We're speaking from
1: different languages here, so the language yeah. in the hood is very different Hell from the. Yeah. 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 I know.
0: A-L- like El would know. When when you call it. like how he said, I would need the space that's that's like look, this is what could happen. What ideas do you have? This is what I see. This is the goal. Like, but the space would be needed and it would have to have a feel and a look based on the relationships he's developed. But he also has the ethic of have being seen by these young people for years. Like some of the homeboys I know uh over here for years. Like, I can't... I don't even know the social capital of that, which I think is always hmm. disregarded in a lot of these discussions... It's so important. ...is, is like, taken away. Even the project that, uh, that you were working on, and I'm still working on with The Live Six, like, the relationships you built, putting in somebody new, it may take 10 years for them to build any trust back... That you built in the span of three or four, but that's how it is because it's like I already have our guard up where I'm not yeah. trusting. I don't that's think that nothing's same. gonna happen. Why would you care in the first place? This is suspect. You know, I'm yeah, suspecting like this, this? this whole thing. <laughs> you know,
1: well, that's I'm suspecting period. people that do community work that either aren't from the place or don't live there. I'm like, why does this matter to
0: you?
2: It's
1: everybody. That's I can't. If I mean, in
2: the neighborhood, we gotta understand it. That's why I'm saying. But maybe they're trying to clear their conscience from their past. And <sighs> what what do we do when we come up with this this whole mogul idea, and then we have to deal with security and plexiglass and you know, because we're talking about service, and with service, service means dealing with each other and trading and selling. All oh, this shit is filled with plexiglass because we can't fucking trust each other as soon mm-hmm. as you open the doors up and niggas coming in trying to stick you up and take everything so uh, that's another thing we gotta that,
0: bring you trust reality. back and we sometimes gotta bring you trust pay back. sometimes you pay the hood tithe and sometimes hood you pay the tough. hood
2: tithe it is because you don't know who to pay i agree and then some niggas they just out of their mind and their ego's is getting stroked by what they smoking and drinking. And they just go in hard, like ah, take the, it in, cause the uh, what that trauma.
0: I mean, everything Man, that you Lord just got right prepared. Like
2: okay, and then you got drama. Oh, shut it down. Now, now the Arabs come in. Excuse me. Yeah, yeah. And everything is wide open, except the Castro I was saying, uh, glass. Yeah. I, that's what I'm saying. That's some hard shit to have to deal with. But you Isn't can't give. I'm used to dealing directly with the customer, face to face, shake your hand. It sends a message. I mean, I like I'm safe you. back
1: here. You people can fight amongst yourselves. Yes. And I
2: think that we need that. We need that up front. That, that. We need that thing to enroll the community to know that this is about us and love. And it's not about you coming in here trying to take this shit because it's, mm-hmm. it's to but help us all But people are lacking
1: whatever the thing is inside that makes them, like, stand up.
2: I guess they got to be eliminated then.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, they got to be activated. They need to be activated.
2: There are a bunch of, like a bunch of sleeper cells <laughs> In the neighborhoods right. We just need now, to
0: activate people For everybody listening You have just been welcomed to a classic Intellectual black Are we done? I was just getting into it No we're not <laughs> I said you have just been welcome to A classic in, uh, black conversation Of what we're talking about Generally at the bars At our houses After Thanksgiving these discussions are happening in a lot of homes of the challenges that we're existed that we uh, face and moving forward and then providing like something like that is to keep going because it's still like at the end of you know I, I don't like that end of the day but in life we're still dealing yeah. with the 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 same as you said the same stresses that white people are dealing with in in health you still you still want. To, to go to sleep and, and and have a quality of life and have some food and have that, but you also have this whole other weight put down and this is another weight that I'm I'm being faced with as looking to add inclusion. When I look to add inclusion of a person that's not been validated through those systems, that whether it's a white male or not a white male, it's still systems that validate it as if a white male uh, went through it so that could be like degree or sure. they're at the country club or whatever like all of these systems that validate a white man to succeed I'm going to be questioned and I'm going to be dragged down as you've been that person before too because mm-hmm. the minute that you say hey you know it's this is one talented black person that could do this <laughs> you're going to deal with it. it's like mm, but are they really qualified for that you're going to deal with slash Immediately. Well, that's the
1: question. What does it take to get people to a place where they you don't, don't mind need, doing that where, where we don't need the validation? Do you, which backlash?
0: The the why did you suggest bringing this negro into uh, getting some money?
1: Um, no, I well, I don't know. I learned a long time ago, and I don't remember who told me this, but they were like. If you want to believe other people's opinions about you, if you want to believe all the good stuff people say, every time somebody passes you on the back, slaps you, high-five, tells you how awesome you are, then you also have to believe all the bad stuff. But really, the smart thing to do is just not pay attention to any of it. So, um, I hear those things, but I'm not, I can't be affected by it. I mean, yeah, I'm human, but, you know, I'm trying to be, if I'm self-aware... Then in each moment, then I know better than to let that sway me in either direction. Sitting
0: at the table when you select that, you know, that black architecture firm, that yeah. black marketing firm. Yeah. That black, it's like, yo, no, nah, no, nah, no, nah, no, nah, no. Nah. We're going to hire, yeah, we're going to pay F to open up for this celebration for Detroit. And we're going to give them 100 G's. Mm-hmm. And it's like, but Kid Rock did it last year. And it's like, no, nah, he better than Kid Rock when you're that black person in that meeting saying that. Yeah. You're going to deal with some some heat your way. And I and you're right. Yeah. You don't have to listen.
1: Yeah. Well, that's the, uh, here's what kills me right now is I don't think a lot of us are, um, maybe let me say this, in positions to deal with the heat. So like you said, when you're talking about your roof, I'm single right now. So I knew saying the things I said and behaving the way I did could probably cost me the job. But I ain't really, I ain't got no kids in private school. I don't have a mortgage. So, mm-hmm. I wasn't really worried about it. I'm like, I'll find other work. But I feel like there are so many of us that really rely, like their livelihood depends on them not saying a damn thing. I got you. So, yep. it's a lot of us that are at the table that can't be fully present because they got families to take care of and they, they got other priorities. Because mm-hmm. I'll so, say
0: straight up, I'll, mm-hmm. I'll say straight up, Kid Rock has no has just as much right to have a restaurant in that goofy stadium, as Amp Filler does. Why Amp Filler ain't got that restaurant? That would diminish his brand.
1: Please don't put a restaurant in Little Caesars. Well, it could I be feel anyway. like that's well, now... I just I want one down
2: the from Little Caesars.
1: Yeah, let's do that. Don't. But, but,
2: but I get Kyrie's point because I think that it, it rolls right back around to what you were saying earlier that uh, people are somewhat afraid and people need to therefore mention and make people fucking uncomfortable sometimes by asking for the unreasonable. And then then my job being in jeopardy because I'm promoting my people as long as you promote yours. Mm -hmm. Fucking well, you damn right I'm gonna promote mine. I want my people on that stage with that same amount. Yeah. What's the possibility of that? People don't do that. Okay, well how about 75% then? (laughs) Because it's gonna be a better show than that bullshit you want. Yeah. And why you gotta have your people all the time? I'm in this meeting too. All day. Last year you had your people. How about this year having some of my people? They need to be. You gotta make them uncomfortable. You gotta make people. Because it's not just. That it's a white and black thing Sometimes it's just a people thing You never know yeah. who's in place It could be mm-hmm. any From any type of race that's running Well the, well, this the, is the what the I diverse. say
0: When I say I say culturally white And that's why I use the idea <laughs> of the white male Because
2: it's a lot of I black know, people that are, that are culturally white I'm no, a, you you well a right.
1: recovering
0: culturally and white color, black person color
2: sometimes has nothing to do with it Exactly It's just No. Exactly.
0: Just like you are F is Or race uh, has nothing to do and with it As Sterling said He was like AMP is the most artistic hood nigga ever, and I'm like in a lot of ways. AMP will definitely like his. It's like he has hood, just like the culture. Like like you, I can throw you in New Orleans, Chicago, Philly, all the places I love. He and he will figure out where he probably should get some chicken wings if he
2: chooses. <laughs> as, as, well as, as well as well as well as. <laughs> As well as Scotland. You
1: know what I'm saying? Uh, and where to get your hair braided. And where to get um oh, that
2: shit. European Britain, boots. Any of these places. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, cool. I'm talking to people. It's just communication. That's that's what's missing here, I think. But it's exposure,
1: yeah. too. So for somebody down the street from place. you
2: didn't like have a no,
1: European tour. Been, I been
2: been know. To Park. If Maybe.
1: that. If
0: that. Maybe. They've been to HP. I don't know about him trimming, but HP most definitely. And they need to get
2: the fuck out. It's you know they really do, and that's a big problem because people communication is a big thing.
1: But it, I think it stems from being comfortable in your own skin. If you have and a sense broke. of self worth, that's fine. But if you it is hard to travel. If you the world are com- when you ain't got no paper. but you don't focus on not having the paper. If you, I don't know, don't get me talking about the law of if attraction. I believe that I there are opportunities that. to do those things. If you believe there are opportunities to do those things. <laughs> you know what? But it, you need to, it, it starts with like deserve, th- believing that I you deserve, deserve those things. And,
2: and it is, it's your vision. It's what you, if you if you are lackadaisical and you don't have the passion for, and you don't have a love, or anything that has to do with a the passion, then it's kind of hard for you to have a creative visualization about your dreams. I know. And then nothing comes from that shit. You just be like, I'm just going to go to Especially
1: bit. if you're living in poverty, like 40% of That's our population. Like That's you're just trying to figure out about. how you're going to stay where you live, what you're going to eat. There, yeah, it's, you it's, don't have time to, like, you're not. Ah, let me visualize what I look want my man. future to look
2: it's like. It's all the Negroes, uh, brothers and sisters I just saw at Checkers today when I went there to use the bathroom.
0: <laughs> white yeah, and yeah. white and black.
2: Burger. Like I say, and it, they it is, all will look it, like they're getting that two for five dollars burgers. Okay, being being yeah, that thing, like I say, dollars.
1: Checkers downtown? No, no about Checkers. About. I know. I'm like he must be talking about a different Checkers. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> not <laughs> a Checkers,
0: Texas <texture> Seriously. <laughs> Yeah, so it, 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 it oozes the him. Being that he will, he he finds checkers as a safe place to use the bathroom.
2: It <laughs> is mad hood. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was gonna use the car wash, but it's cold as hell. So I'm like, even more hood. I'm about to go ahead and check it. Even more. You no, know, you can wash that shit down the drain in the car wash. Nobody paying for You look like you washed your car when you roll up in there.
0: Even more hood. <laughs> man, man. <laughs>
2: Cold for that year. <laughs> even for me,
0: I, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where where is, where is That's this check? Oh,
1: the fast food she place checker. I, <laughs> <laughs> I was
3: like know. I've in the
1: bar on the north or, or over by you called oh, checkers. You mean the shit. fast food
0: place yeah, checkers? Come yeah. on
2: now. They
0: had two. Wait, seven mile
1: in the lodge?
2: No, yeah. There's one over uh, by you. Let's put it like this. Any place Uh.
0: where a checkers is, it's probably a church. You know how Burger King chooses, uh, Burger King's try to be close to McDonald's. I think checkers choose to be close to church's chicken. Because Mm. when you're eating checkers.
2: (coughs) Basically. Yeah. (coughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Some shit's got to change. I thought about it. I was like, well. You know, depending on your mentality, you eat that food every day. Your sis- your system gets uh, adjusted to that, so that's okay too. I mean, if that's no, it's not
1: okay. Eat. I think it keeps people inactive. It keeps people not well, thinking. Right? They did
2: look a little bit of lethargic in that motherfucker. That's <laughs> how you. That's how you keep the people under control. Yeah. Here,
1: eat this food with a bunch of ingredients that you can't. Pronounce that we call chicken and
2: or beef, whatever
1: it is though. Or but that's all part of the, whatever the maintaining it's like, control. It's a whole bunch
2: of crazy shit on that menu. i look, I like man. we're going to get out of here.
0: I'm not eating that shit. Hilarious. All right, so with that we are going to come i got to get both no, of them no i have back. so many more things kari if if you got it i got some <laughs> things. what
2: things another hour of this <laughs> not another hour I, do.
1: I don't know i wanted to talk more about the future go ahead. About go. About. Sure, i need to
0: use, yeah, to use the bathroom holding it. you will not you, you will not have someone asking you for change in that bathroom so i don't know i want to talk
1: Talk more about these, these systems of control. You know, I thought about you. I was listening to 9, 10 a.m. And it was one of the um, more radical dudes who was like, Oh, these Negroes are afraid of white people. Do you know who says that? Which oh, one of them talks way. about Bullet, that? Bullet it Tommy. was Bullock. It I was know.
0: Bullock. That's my homie.
1: But it, was, it just made me think. I was like, wow, that is fairly accurate. Very because true. Because... All the, when I th- all the it. sidebar conversations I have, everybody's like, yeah, get them. And then <laughs> we get in the room together and everybody's just docile and compliant. Like, I'm yes, like, well, sir. we're not, nothing's going to change.
0: It's like, yes, sir, boss.
1: You got to, We yeah. how do we get everybody to show up when they show up? Like you get, it's a, the talk always used to be, oh, let's get us at the table. No, let's get everybody uh, a voice at the table. Because sometimes it's in people at the room at the big kids table that they saying shit. I agree, cause and if uh, those people, if the people before us had been doing that, we wouldn't be able to be here doing what we do. It drives me crazy.
0: Yeah, but then there are also, uh, I, I think, and that's why the doors of Detroit is different are <coughs> beyond open to Lauren Hood. As you need <laughs> to get your own mm. podcast going, more platforms, and talk to the people because you got access and you have good theory on a lot of this stuff Mm -hmm. and you actually will listen and advocate for people but with this being said i it's 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 a lot of those blocks like you're talking about the mental block of of saying it and and i only know because i struggle with
1: it
2: let's open up a franchise Oh,
1: no, oh, not boy. a franchise.
2: Why not? the A health, uh, health food franchise. Oh, well. A restaurant. Franchise. Health, Why's uh, it got
1: to be a franchise? Why can't we do something unique?
2: Because we don't want to just open up one. We want to have more on the west side and the well, east let's side. let's do one first. The people on the west side, they, you know, people nowadays Uh-oh. in Detroit, you just want to run around Uh-oh. the corner and get some What's shit. What you
1: about to say about the west side?
2: Y'all niggas just want to run around the corner <laughs> and get some shit. <laughs> Just run like, go right there, it's running across. I ain't going over there on the east side <laughs> to get no damn, I what they selling? Some broccoli and some what? Hell, no. It's, yeah, that's Wait, true, I'm, about, I'm,
0: that's I'm true. strong on the east side. As, as I don't know no, anything like about the east side. You uh, like are just barely three, east, though. Three out of every five women I've dated are from the east side. I'm northeast like you side. northwest.
2: <laughs> I'm northeast just like you northwest. Yeah, that's true. But it ain't where you're from, it's where you're at. And it could be anywhere.
0: It is a cultural difference between a lot of east side stuff and west side ah, Whatever. Stuff. It like, is. It is. You know this. You, you know you this. <laughs> you know when somebody tells
1: you east side, you got them all figured out. And same thing when somebody says like northwest, you're like.
2: Well, it's, it's kind of changing. You Back know. in the day, I remember I would meet girls and they said they were from the west side. I was like, oh, shit. They uh-huh. were Probably with the Maculayan, the Catholic school, and all that shit. Uh-huh. And they are. Pr- I said three out of
0: five women I've dated are from the east side. Yeah, right and then
2: the east, 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 east side, you better say we were the east side. It'd be you different.
0: You may get. You get uh, yes, you definitely.
2: Yeah. It'd be different. And you
0: be <laughs> see? It's
2: different. different. And it's, and a it's, thing. And it's just right different. That's true, but we are from Detroit. So I'm just saying, I would like to find a way to um to change things that would change people like if we if we created a place like you said a lot of the mentality is based on the diet If we change that diet mm-hmm. then it would change the thought pattern of people then you know then i'm I could do my do my nice party and do it everywhere that i want to do you know i'm gonna have those amp dog nights yeah big big parties and shit and
1: we, I, yeah, so I am, let me make my announcement here. I'm no longer working within that jacked up ecosystem. I'm on the outside and I'm going to stay out here. Um, okay. But I want to, I feel like I've been working in the fight the power space. I would like to transition to the the inspiration space. So I'm there trying to, to activate and Reverend, inspire people. Bigger. No, 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 no. I just want to, I want, I want to create platforms for, for my people. To inspire the people, you know what I, I mean, like my people, to to do things and that inspire That's the people. Bigger. But I realize I have the resources and the know-how to create a space okay. for these things Let's to happen. I, I, I told you, I told you what the building I
3: want.
2: Well, I, I want a building that has some of those things that that has um, the tools to create the thought pattern of being inspired to do things like you know I was talking to somebody at the gym day before yesterday and he was saying you know as a kid he learned so much when he understood the thought of having tools most of these kids don't have the tools that's why I brought kids you mean physical
1: house. tools like instruments yeah that's yeah. what
2: that's what happened when I brought kids into my studio and they learned how important the tools were when they when they became 18, 19 they went out and bought the tools And they got busy and became professionals. Mm -hmm. And I think if we had a co-op space that had things like printing machines where you can make clothes, teach people how to sew and do things like that, teach people how to cook healthy food, teach people how to do anything how to build a house any of that shit yeah could be and sold bought and sold in this place professionally where you can go there and get this done you can go there and you can have somebody look at your house and say oh yeah we can build solar panels for you and you save a lot of money because right now they have a ridiculous handle on that that we don't have we don't have the ability to go and get solar panels put on our house because the, the numbers are so big. But if we understood the technology, then we could build on fucking solar panels and we could save tons of money, and build the shit all through the whole block, save people money, create a company that does that shit. It's, it's tons of ways mm-hmm. that we can enroll people to change the way that they think about their neighborhoods and their life if they had the tools to understand what it would take to be empowered to grow. All right. I think those things will be the shit.
0: Call to action to anybody listening. Amp Fiddler has just put the notice out there. He is interested and willing to partner with the person that wants to co-op like that. He has international ties, hell of a talent. He's going to bring in the arts community. So as a person... Knowing the social capital that you get with M. Fiddler, you can't even quantify that in the value of the type of person that's, that you could be just from an email. So email us and you get it. Lauren Hood. She
2: just said that she's in, the, she's in it already. Is, she is already in said, she's the one that enrolled me into this a, shit. She just from
0: said a, From an inspirational <laughs> place, Lauren has the relationships with a lot of people, not just locally, but also nationally, that can get into... Development. I don't want to use the brand community development, yeah. but we just want to say development of this space. You have an opportunity to make this happen. This is the call to action. So what they're bringing to the table is immense, just in the fact of uh, like most, uh, le- le- just in the world of the person listening, uh, our current president doesn't know anything about casinos. He just uses his name and his brand and his social capital to make the casino deal happen. The name of the social capital of Lauren Hood and M. Fittler will open those types of doors that were needed to be opened in Atlantic City for his casino to open this co-op space in the city of Detroit, and it will actually change the lives of many people that need that opportunity. That's right. And it is, I'm going to see here go my marketing mind,
2: a space. That's right. I like that. A mega space, the black mega market. Space. Yes, the black market, Detroit black market.
1: There you
2: go. All right. A <laughs> call to action. Guys. I have two call venues then. Two venues. You know you can make it happen. Oh yeah, you got, you got skills to make it big. I'm down. I got ideas. You got big ideas to put them together. It'd be amazing. Because that's what I th- I think that's. I think that could change the way people think, especially when you got community involved in something that's amazing. I mean
1: That's the I, only I, way it works.
2: I know there are people out th- I know there are people out there who know the technology to, to teach the technology. They're hiding that technology. You just said it. You need a roof on your house. I need a roof on your house. Why don't we have why don't we have a, a conglomerate of people who can help us to put not just the roof, but solar panel roofs on our homes. I
0: just paid for mine, and it was, uh, it was uh, as you said, going back to it. And I, I know the guy. I, I give you a number, but I agree. If Jackson. I could get solar panels, he gave you a yeah, good price. Yeah, I, yeah. Like, did he give you a, a good guy. price? He gave me a solid price because I quoted, but it still was like, oh,
2: oh yeah, it's it's hit. Yeah. I need I need that.
0: Yep.
1: All right, you know? I gotta pee. Should I go pee and come back? Or are you about to wrap up right now? <laughs> I still have
0: final questions to ask you guys. Okay, then let me everybody. go. Get,
1: let me get that in real
2: quick. <laughs> yeah, man, I think that'll be. I think. I think something like. I've been thinking about it for a long time, Carl. You know, I think something like that would be amazing. Because imagine how many kids that got dirty, crazy shit that they want to do because they don't have the the place. Mm-hmm. To fulfill that energy, mm-hmm. so that energy that they getting might be negative, as opposed to all that shit they have in their mind. They don't know what kind of talents alive because they don't have exposure to the to the you know to the well, technology. When you
0: talk about that. I mean, it's uh, Dilla Day is coming up. You provided Dilla and many others, and right now you're working with my man Sheafy Love Shifi Sheafy. I
2: love Sheafy. Uh Sheafy is Real creative ass. dude. Man, <laughs> great artist. A trip. Um, on all sides of, you know, oh, yeah. physical art and art as far Visual as Visual art and Visual music. Visual art and yeah. music, yes. Um,
0: but working with Dilla and seeing that as he was, uh, I've only met I only met him on uh, Rest in Peace one time, but like right. kind of a to-himself kind of dude, but uh, I, what, what was that like and seeing that well, growth of him as an artist?
2: My idea from the beginning was for my studio to always be community for just not myself, but my friends. And then when the kids came up from the hood and said, damn, we hear you down there bumping, what's up? I was like, well damn, it's gotta be open for them too. This is the future. So I like, come on down. So when they came down, I just opened the doors up and they were like, you know, we wanna make music. And I was like, yeah, y'all can make, I know y'all wanna make hip hop and, and, and create. Hilarious, but uh, but um, but I'm I don't have time because I was making records. I was like, I can help y'all, but I'm gonna have to teach somebody how to use the equipment. And they already knew James was gonna do that. So when they brought James in, it was a wrap. He was quick, smart. It was it was he was just at it every day. Mm. Who is it? James, man. Can I get in work on the machine? Yep. Hmm. It was it.
0: All right, now that relationship that grew over time, and then just seeing him uh, spread his wings and work with so many people. What was it like, just seeing like a little homie of yours touch the world, (coughs) and right now is recognized (coughs) even more, almost in his passing, like a a, as you know, people argue he's the greatest hip hop producer ever.
2: Just like we're talking now about. doing amazing things for people in Detroit. The big picture is always in my mind, the big picture for Slum Village and and Dilla was on my mind then. So I was like, whatever it takes, I will do what I can to get you on. So um, once I introduced him to Q-Tip and took them out to Lollapalooza when I was out there with George on tour, I knew that it was only a matter of time before he put detroit on the map yeah. for hip hop like i visioned that he would in a way that would uh enlighten people to a whole different style of hip hop that they hadn't heard from anybody else in the world so that was that was big okay and he killed it
0: yeah he, he did.
2: did just what i knew he would do i always knew he was like you know, me and Bub had this saying, and he was a part of my thinking when we wrote it. When we wrote "Walls of a Ghetto Fly, I said, deep in the black of your mind lies a funky of another kind. It's the rhythm God given." That was Dylan. Mm. All
0: right, so with that, I do got to ask this because I, I connected with your marketing person. What's new? What's coming? What should people be um, waiting to hear?
2: Last year, I released... Motor City Booty, Amp Fiddler, Motor City Booty. Mm -hmm. It's an electronic record featuring the Dames Brown. And then this year I released Amp Dog Nights with Mahogany Music, and that's what's out right now. So people should look out for that. It's everywhere. It's iTunes, it's um, Spotify. uh, Every place you want to find music, Amazon, it's there. It's Amp Fiddler. Amp dog nights.
0: Okay, now with that, I think you could perform a whole lot more in and around. But it's it's scarce when we do get a chance to see you performing. You're about to go on the road, but I'm saying in the city of Detroit, is it any stage in Detroit that you haven't performed that you do want to perform? Because we well, need to. Uh, well, in March, Detroit is different. Needs to start it, the rally to yep. get this man on that stage.
2: Yep, you're right. In March i'm releasing a new record with will sessions i didn't finish with mm. will sessions the record is called the one so we just produced a funk record me and the dance brown with will sessions that'll be cool. out in, at the end of march so that'll be soon and uh what i'm working on now is um finding venues uh, me and lauren talked about the other day for my amp dog nights so i'm gonna do amp dog nights um and i'm gonna come and perform in a number of different venues. I'm hoping to do it either weekly or monthly where I come and perform on different stages. But I want it to be an experience that I'm not going to talk about but it'll (laughs) it'll be some amazing experience that people have never had in this city or probably in many other cities as well because I, I've just been so many places and exotic places that I want this gig to be so exotic. I wanted to, the experience is going to be, be exotic when you fit. come in this moment. They're going to be like, damn, what the f- is this shit? What So
0: what? So it's no stage in particular where it's like, I never did that and I should do that.
2: It's it's always a stage. It's, it's going to be a stage, but it's also going to be a place to chill and maybe some other kind of entertainment as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so...
0: Well, let me know because Detroit is different. Is definitely pro amp, so whatever that <laughs> is, I've been um, <laughs> I've did. been winning these last couple of events, so we may be able to talk. As I know, if this is the lady that uh, is going to be the uh, the quarterback in that, yeah, we'll figure it out because we'll For get sure. it going. Yeah, uh, especially yeah. uh, hit hit Black Music Month. I w- I'm doing something with Piper. It's okay, in June, sweet. Um, me and Alex White are gonna do something again. It, it would only be fitting to do something With that guy
2: Let me know <laughs> Black Because I wanted to be I would, I would love to do one with you guys as well And I think it would just be amazing And it is some Detroit is different shit Right mm-hmm. It's different
3: <laughs>
0: Okay so now we go. That leads us right to the segue And a classic Detroit is different questions First car What year make was the model And what year did you get it Lauren? What was your very first car? Um, I
1: didn't have my own car until I was like thirty-five, <laughs> and it was okay. a Chevrolet Cavalier that I got handed down to me from my parents. Okay, what year was it? <laughs> it was like nineteen ninety. Well, no. What year was the car? Yep. It. I don't know. This wasn't that long ago. Maybe a 03 or something.
0: Okay. How long did it? <laughs> how long did it take you?
1: How long did it take me to what?
0: How long did it last you? Oh,
1: that car? I don't know. Maybe five years. Okay. I don't <laughs> <laughs> I don't even remember I just it was not that long uh, ago. You mean first car I paid for and got? No, you
0: just
3: be
0: first <laughs> car
1: period. It could be
0: first car period. Yeah, first car answer, I so paid for was not that long
1: ago. Okay. I got you. We you have some different questions. No. <laughs> That's Same the question closing question. The very first, car. but I have an upcoming. What I'm working on too. You just asked Amp like, was he about to do? Yeah, I'm I about did. to do something. No, you didn't. Yeah, I did. No, you didn't. What not I say? What I, I say.
0: say? I did not ask. <laughs> let's, do, let's do that question. Go ahead, do his cars first. Okay,
2: You you want to do my car, car. first? That's the ending question. You might want to. You <laughs> might want to talk that talk <laughs> Yeah, All sure, right. What, what, what
1: I that's say, that's I want to talk what's about what's next. Well, one thing. So I've been having lots of conversations with people about what's next. One person I sure. did say yes to is um, Luther Keith at Arise Detroit. Wow. So they got, was not working for Arise, but he has a project where he has targeted three neighborhoods to do stories about. Because, you know, Luther Mm -hmm. has a um, journalism background. Yes. So um, they got some money to cover three neighborhoods, and Livernoy Six Mile is one of them. And he asked me if I wanted to be the writer on it. So I have to do... Um, one story a month that will go into the Michigan Chronicle because okay. it's a partnership with the Chronicle. But then others that I think will appear online. But we get to have some leeway in what we want to talk about in regards to the neighborhoods we're working in. So I'm excited to tell some stories that aren't already overtold. I feel like people are concentrating on the same like one to three people all the time and lots of times because i directed them there i'm like i don't know you want a business here the only new one um so yeah i'm gonna have to dig a little deeper to see what to write about but that is very exciting um congratulations (laughs) as
0: luther keith is one of my big homies
1: yeah you can't really say no to luther like i i delayed a while i'm like let me think about it I'm yeah. like, uh, and he was like, you know, other people have been interested. I'm like, well, I want to take an opportunity away from somebody from the neighborhood. Like, what do you think about this? He's like, you should do it. So I just, I say yes. There's you so can't many, say no to Luther. There's
2: So many neighborhoods for, for him to choose in that one. Too. Well, so the Rise
0: to Trace neighborhoods. He, neighborhoods.
2: Yeah. So, yeah,
1: he he has dozens and dozens of neighborhoods. Hundreds but he was of, he was real intentional yeah. about Livernois these particular. Well, the Livernois, Dexter, Davison, and then Southwest.
2: Okay, sweet.
1: Um. Yeah, so those are the okay, three he chose, sweet. but yeah, nice. he was real intentional right. about it. But then I too have been working on a a project over on Livernoy, a platform for these people to do the things. <laughs> That's the, all I want to say about that. The but inspirational. Is, yeah, the inspiration, inspiration
0: spot. Oh, The yeah. spot to provide okay. the inspiration. Yes, okay. I
2: told you too. Yeah. Okay. Yes. That's so, big. That's big. Yeah. Uh,
0: arise Detroit, always a partner, and also Luther. As another musician in the city. Oh, that's right. Also every, a musician. Uh, now, because we did so good last time with the bar night with Thornetta and Luther, mm. that's a consistent. Every 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 bar night, so every night before Thanksgiving, Detroit is different. It's giving you a blues concert with Thornetta Davis and Luther Keith. Hmm. Wow. We're going to always do it now.
2: That's sweet. Consistent.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. And it it's more so to a... a as I, I call myself younger, because I don't think I can be, called <laughs> but it's definitely to a <coughs> aging crowd more so. But they rocking with us. You like
2: That's his right.
0: And like his age, No, they 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 got somewhere in between a our ages. They, they uh, got they got they got emped by a couple of days. Oh like, my god! <laughs> we got to start that concert. we gonna talk about supper. that. They not they not they not about to rock. They, they not about mm. to rock, uh, you know, at eleven. See, because. We do something with AMP. I think that should start it now.
3: <laughs>
0: but so with those projects, um, and and it'll always be encouraged more platforms for you to speak and everything because in a lot of ways with uh, what Detroit lost with Grace Lee Boggs in her passing, I think a lot of her work and a lot of what she did naturally is the things that you could be doing yeah. and will be doing. It's just a matter of when. It's the a progression. Hood house will you do s-
1: yeah. You do some things, and then you
0: learn some things, and then you do some different things. <laughs> because you have a <laughs> lot of disciples that want to follow you too, and and and, and mm. smart, um, smart young, hungry people yeah. that want to see and get your ideas and theories. I think Grace capitalized on that mm. as time went on mm-hmm. as well. So that place and space of inspiration. I hope
1: to be that effective at making change <laughs> at some oh, point. I mean, yeah, I
0: mean, yeah, yeah. she was, I mean, a guy was telling me like, yeah, you know, Dan Ardridge, I interviewed the other day. He was like, well, you know, we needed to find out directly what was happening, so we had to talk to Kwame and Krumah, so Grace just gave me his number. Mm. I'm like, damn. Hey. Mm-hmm. Like Grace was... <laughs> mm-hmm. I can only imagine what a long distance phone call to uh, Ghana in... Mm. You know, back in the day was costing, mm. yeah. And then mm. furthermore, it's like the I don't know, but <clears throat> Gracely Boggs hell of a uh, person holding down the east side, most definitely, but all of Detroit and the nation. Mm-hmm. But that box center keeping things going. Feldman over there, uh, Tawana Honeycomb doing things That's over right. there. A lot mm. of people. So mm. um, good work, good work. So now back to the ending questions. What was your first you sure? car? Unless, Lauren, you got more <laughs> no, to <I> share. <laughs> just, you got no, more, I Lauren? No, I don't have anything else. You it? sure? Yes. And the doors are always open to Lauren.
2: Lauren. What time does count? It takes
1: home. me a minute to get warmed up, and then I just want to keep talking. But go on. So, Amp, your first your ride. First
2: car? Oh, yeah, my first whip? Mm-hmm. Uh, 1978. Lika, it was um Renault five. I don't even know what type of ride that is. Y'all know Renault knows what that shit is. Do they still have Renault? I've always been different. There again, (laughs) there again. That's Renault was French different shit. Okay. So so I bought a French car, um, in college. I was working at Jill Hudson's, I saved my money, my mom, I remember my mom took me uh, <coughs> going to the dentist's office, we rolled, past. I was like, Mom, can we go back there? I saw them little cars back there, they look kind of sweet. We rolled back there, she said, you like those? I said, yep. Uh, how much, 500 down, I can get one? I'm down, let's do it. Got the car, Jerk my way out the parking lot. It's a ah, stick, the stick shift. shift. I my way forgot the, the car
1: out. was a compact
0: car, yeah, was it? was an economy
2: car, yep. Mm. Where was car. the first place you went? Uh, when I got that car? Mm-hmm. Shit, I went home to the hood. Man, I let everybody see that little ugly <laughs> motherfucker. Shit, to the crib. Fleming had tons of people out on the streets <laughs> back then. Everybody just on the porch, hanging out summertime. Damn, oh, L- dollar
0: whip. <laughs> Elf got a what whip the, was the fuck
2: dude. is that <laughs> little shit Lee Carr all always <laughs> done some old dipping shit what kind of <laughs> little shit is this man it was real little like really like two door economy mm. kind of like um, the Fiat is you know mm. the little Fiat mm-hmm.
1: mm. or a mini
2: yeah and then mm-hmm. I was going to school at Oakland University and blew the motor up because it was overheating one day and I kept trying to drive it <laughs> mm. Ruined that shit.
0: Mm. <laughs> Next question. End of the fireworks. You're on Woodward and Jefferson. You're a DJ. Fireworks just ended. You can play three songs for the people. What three songs are you playing? Imp
2: <clears throat> Um. I'm playing three of my songs. Okay. I'm Which one? My shit. Uh, good vibes. Okay. I'm doing fine and um superficial i'm
3: with it i'm with it now why party at the end because
2: i want people to party at the end it's got to be a celebration okay or it might the third one might not be i'm doing fine might be um so divine because so divine was one of those songs with the band was always like the audience ended up walking out saying that you know Mm. and it's affirmation of uh, you are so divine I love you your vibrations touch my soul if you can make a crowd of people sing that to each other it's amazing
0: mm. so you want them to celebrate I'm with you yeah Lauren same question to you
1: at the end of the fireworks super banger final song
2: three, three of some, them three
1: of them I think I would for sure have to play some Prince
3: Mm. See, so we That's already
1: nice. climax. It's the end of the fireworks. I might want to like ease people into a different mood. Mm. So, um, I might want to drop some. She's always in my hair on them. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? I'm trying to think of something that is universal. Sometimes my musical taste is way over there.
0: I mean, you. I know, but
1: you want to keep the people with you. Oh, so um. Hmm.
2: Closes at 9 p.m. I'm on my head, so. Oh.
1: Um, and then maybe something, maybe I would do all Prince things. I kind of like to celebrate with some, um, some DMSR, um, keep it kind of funky. And then, what would I want to end with? Um, ooh, a deep cut. How about some Anastasia?
0: Mm. All right. Back to you, Imp. Mm. You can rename Woodward after one Detroiter. Who would it be and why?
1: You can't pick yourself.
3: Damn. <laughs> Just
1: kidding.
2: <laughs> 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 I can read my mind like that. I was kidding. Uh-huh. Um, I pick James Yancey. I give it to him. Mm. Dilla. What mm. would to Dilla Avenue now. Change it Just give it hip hop.
0: Mm. Okay.
2: I'd give it to somebody I know and you know love. So probably a number of other people that would be good. But hmm.
0: Lauren, same question.
1: That's a tough one. Any Detroiter, living or deceased? Yeah. Um. Who really did something? I'm such a thinker. It takes me a long time to process stuff.
2: It's probably right, my in in my, it's right in the back of your head, too, probably.
1: There are so many. Well, see, now you got Grace Boggs in my head. Does she
0: already have a street? I don't know. <laughs>
2: I guess yeah, which next
1: time I... Uh, right. Yeah, yeah, I
0: guess, I guess Grace then.
1: Wait, is there somebody
0: contemporary
1: that I really think is about to do some shit? Uh, we'll go with that for now.
0: Grace
2: Lee Boggs. People yeah. will like it. All because, right. you know... It, to me, it could also be Wonder, Wonder, Wonder Love Avenue too. You know, it could be Stevie. Oh, Stevie Wonder. For to me mm.
1: too. You know? Oh, now you if made it, me think of Aretha. It, it I think she's not be long Stevie for here. Stevie
2: Wonder, uh, or yeah, Aretha it could be, but mm-hmm. you know.
1: Well, they have streets over in that in those projects. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait.
2: I like the idea of Dilla being on it a. It is a
1: project. On a main street.
2: Yeah. Okay.
0: Good brother Herb Strather Development. Mm. Mm. Okay Exactly Oh is that his project? That's one of his That negro Exactly Mm, So (coughs) So Mm. With that being said How do people get in contact with you?
2: Lauren?
1: Telepathically
0: Okay, so they're going to be ESP. They're going to have to be there through meditation. (laughs) Be there through meditation. No,
1: people can call me. I take a long time to respond to emails, so I would say calling 313-610-6004. Okay.
2: Amp. Hello, this is Lauren. Yeah, I heard you on the radio. Hello. Hello. You think we go out on a date sometime. <laughs> you make
0: it. you make get new it, phone who this <laughs> You may get uh <laughs> send it into them DMs. <laughs>
1: my phone it's on my phone number is on Facebook. Lauren. Like nobody Lauren abuses okay. It. Okay. fly.
2: Sweet. It's on the Live6 oh, website, cool. people Lauren call it. Is fly. I'm at at Yahoo.com.
0: Easy. That's it. Thank yep. you both. Like Thank I say, you whatever you guys are doing, we need to coordinate this whole thing. This this project that Amps doing, you gotta get me involved in this. Me Much and Lauren. Lauren's
2: doing it. She started it.
0: Okay, so well, now there's uh, two projects. Lauren bullying people into activism, and that <laughs> is her goal. <laughs> I'm inspiring people into <laughs> activism. No bullying. Fifty sitting people of activism. I'm just. <laughs> I'm activating
1: sleeper cells that already exist.
0: Peace, peace, y'all.